In 2022, a pair of former ballplayers and a talented young broadcaster were tasked with creating a college football podcast. These men promptly escaped into the mountains of West Virginia and got to work. If you want top-level football analysis, off-topic stories, and locker room humor, you're in the right place. You are in the gun. Hello, Mountaineer Nation, and welcome to In the Gun, a WVU football podcast. I'm Wesley Euler. I'll be the host of this new program. You'll get to know me soon enough, but my teammates here are two men who need no introduction to WVU fans. It's the signal caller, Jed Drenning, and of course, the runaway beer truck, one of the most beloved players in program history, Mr. Owen Schmidt. In the Gun is brought to you by our friends, in part by our friends at Toothman Ford and Grafton, because we all know cars cost less in Grafton. Uh, welcome aboard, everyone, and I think it's probably best to begin here, In the Gun, episode one, by allowing Jed to take over and speak about how this podcast all came together, uh, and what you, the listener can expect from us going forward uh long time in coming right Wes uh I want you know about this as well uh what this started with was uh a uh, direct message on Twitter I got back in May okay and it was from an outfit called the Believe Network and uh there are occasions where you know I'll, I'll get some messages like this I'll, I'll do a little back research and and I end up not pursuing it but this one seemed interesting and intrigued me uh, it was a, a fella out of L.A., and he said that uh, he wanted a, a West Virginia uh, version of the, the podcast to put on the Believe Network, which is a national podcast network. And, and they often like to involve a former player. And well, I'm a former player, but I don't think people recognize me as a former Mountaineer. Right. So uh, I thought it was a good idea. Uh, talk to some other folks as well. And, and it seemed like a slam dunk to reach out to Owen. And uh, I know that Owen and I had crossed paths previously a number of times we kind of kept in touch there's times I'd text him uh I knew he'd left the, this part, northern part of the state and relocated down uh to Greenbrier County so I reached out to Owen and from that first when was that Owen June early June yeah. uh right away you could recognize we were kind of on to something so we clicked uh we were off and running we were having conversations and I said look we'll work out the details uh, but I just need some form of commitment and boy, he committed just like he was hitting BGAT. You know? <laughs> so, right on. so what was your perspective on that? Owen? Uh, just looking out, uh, from the inside out, outside in, I mean, happy to be a part of something like this, been, uh, excited to get really back into WVU football. Um, obviously I kind of took a hiatus from football there after I retired, uh, and Jed, you know, actually, let me backtrack a little more, got in the coaching last year at Greenbrier West, and uh, I got the itch, you know, and it needs scratched, all right? And uh, Jed gave me a call. We met up, what was that, uh, uh, probably a month ago, maybe yeah, a little bit of yeah, a month ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, I was pulling this job <laughs> for a buddy. There's a story. <laughs> yeah, there's a story behind There's a story to a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk yeah. about here on the show. Yeah, there's a story with a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. So uh, basically just fired up to uh, dive into Mountaineer football, uh, 
some of the Big 12 industry as well, college football in general, um, but really dive in and uh, get get balls deep into Mountaineer football. And, and, you know, Wes, we had Owen on the pregame show as a guest uh, a couple different times at least, and, and he was always an incredible guest. I mean, any show that he's ever been on, he always breathes life into it. Uh, you know, the stories are spectacular, obviously. You know, he's well-spoken enough to carry himself in this kind of setting. Uh, I, I just thought it was a perfect fit. So what we did to launch the whole thing, we decided, first of all, we were going to meet at Panera uh, on Patterson Drive in Morgantown at 530. This was one one evening, a month, like Owen said, a month ago. So I get a, I get a text from Owen, and it's about 4 o'clock. And he says, my GPS is telling me I'm four and a half hours out. And I was like, where are you? And he was in eastern Pennsylvania. I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm picking this up and that up. And, and uh, I said, well, yeah, you're four and a half hours out. You're halfway to Iceland. You know, it's like, come on. So, so he finally shows up. I get a text from him. He's on the mile ground. And I said, meet me down in front of the stadium at the hospital. So I said, uh, well, what are you driving? <laughs> and he got quiet for a minute. And then he just said, you'll know it's me. <laughs> so he pulls in in this big rig. He has a trailer on the back of it. He has more farm equipment than you know what to do with. I needed my dad there as a translator once he started explaining what these pieces were. I said, what is this? So he starts throwing. I said, you know what? Never mind. So I said, are you selling this? He said, heck no, I'm using it. So I don't even know what that stuff was, Owen. I, I hope you put it to good use. But I, I also hope it was worth driving halfway across the country to get. But here we are. Well, it, it led me to you, Jed. There you go. It led me there to you. you. There you go. Now, here's what we got to do. Uh, we need to introduce Wes, okay? Uh, there's some things you may or may, may not know about Wes. Uh, we put out a tweet a couple of days ago introducing him. He's a West Virginia grad. He interned for the athletic department for four years. Also grew up in West Virginia. Uh, his first job was at uh, a TV station in Clarksburg, Bridgeport as a beat reporter. Uh, his initials, here's the best part. His initials are WVU. Now, Owen, we know the W part and the U part. Wesley Euler, we don't know the V. So here's what we're going to do. I told him the other day, I don't even want to know. Owen and I are going to try and guess it on the show. We're going to we go, go live on a show. So I'm going to go first, Owen, because I want Victor. Because I can't think of a lot of V names. So I'm putting you on the spot. I'm guessing Victor. What are you guessing? I'm going to guess Vladimir. Oh, I wish. I like I it. Wish. I like uh, it. You're both miles off. I can, I can give you a hint here. I don't think it's going to help very much. It is not a common name. It's not Victor or Vincent or Vinny okay. or Vlad or Vladimir. Thickens, yeah. Uh, it's actually Valent, as in like short for Valentine. Um, ah. my, my dad had an uncle Valentine, and so when they were searching for, for V names, he goes, hey, what about Valen? You know, that, I think that'll work. So, uh, so yeah, my full oh. government name is Wesley Valen Euler, and my social security number is six three. Wait, oh wait, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> hey, hold on, I'm there, I'm there. So, should um, we nickname you Labamba? <laughs> but, but if it's all right, with, if it's all right with you guys, I think I should just take like ninety seconds here and tell the story of how how that all came about. So. I got to rewind a little bit. My mom, my mom is born and raised West Virginian, right? Doddridge County, born and raised, uh, went to WVU. 
my father is from central Pennsylvania, uh, Mount Holly Springs, which is right by Carlisle. You know, it's about an hour or so from the uh-huh. Hershey Harrisburg area, central Pennsylvania. It took an act of God just to get my dad to go to WVU so my parents could meet and get married and conceive me one day. My dad in central Pennsylvania was obviously grew up, you know, in a Penn State obsessed family. He used to wear Penn State pajamas to bed, all that stuff. His senior year of high school, it's the springtime. He's accepted into state college, into Penn State. He's already paid his deposit for his dorm room. And he's got an older cousin who goes to WVU and says, hey, Gary, you got to come down to Morgantown and spend a weekend with me before you go off to college. My dad goes down to Morgantown. My dad walks back into, into the house, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see my grandparents' reaction when this all went down. Walks into the living room. My grandma and my grandpa go, hey, welcome home. How was it? And my dad puts his bag down, and he goes, Mom, Dad, I'm going to school there. I, I have to go to WVU. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Morgantown. So it took that little act of God just to get my Penn State-obsessed father to, to turn from, from blue and white to blue and gold to gold and blue. So, you know, so my parents meet at WVU. My mom was in a sorority. My dad was in a fraternity. They meet, right? Uh, my dad gets a job with Pepsi in Pittsburgh after college. So my, so my mom and dad move, uh, move to Pittsburgh end up getting pregnant, right? And they did this the old-fashioned way where they were going to wait until I was born to find out if I was a boy or a girl, okay? So in those nine months leading up to my birth, my dad and all his fraternity brothers, like my mom tells stories of how my dad's fraternity brothers would call the house and say, William Vincent Euler, and just hang up the phone. Right. Like like they kept coming up with all these different Uh, WVU possible. They'd say they'd say Wilma, you know, Wilma, whatever Euler and hang up the phone because all his fraternity brothers thought it would be hilarious if the kids initials was WVU. It got to a breaking point where my mom just, you know, had enough of it. And my mom finally said, you know what, if it's a girl, I'm naming her. If it's a boy, you can name him. And, you know, when I when I came out with a sausage, my dad had won the bet. And, uh, <laughs> and my mom said my dad was like prancing around the delivery room going, Wesley Valen, Euler, WVU. So that's uh, uh, that's the story of, of how I yes, how my my WVU obsessed parents and my dad won a bet that uh, that allowed my initials to be WVU. So thanks, Pops. Now, there's a conversion story. That's a conversion story right there. Penn State pajamas and everything when he was when he was growing up, all that stuff. And this was at the time, you know, my my dad went to uh, like, I think 78 was his freshman year at WVU. So this was like right when Joe Paterno was hitting his stride and Penn State was starting to win national championships, all that stuff. But one weekend at Morgantown wow. was all was all it took to change the old man's mind. So well, we, so so lucky me, I guess we have mutual friends. And uh, so that's what ended up playing out, uh, you know, uh, Wes was recommended to me by a mutual friend. So I kind of vetted him, right? I was like, wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about here? So I, I started uh, YouTube and some stuff and looking some stuff up. And I was like, how was it? I've never heard of this guy. All right. Cause he's very active with the Steelers, obviously. And, and uh, this isn't his first rodeo. I, I, when we talked about this, he might look 15, but he's actually 31. But uh, the, the podcast itself. Okay. Uh, one of the things about it is, I was trying to come up with a name that would be befitting of what we're doing here. Right. And, and Owen, obviously one of the things that you and I share, we both played for the same guy. Okay. We both played for the same wild coach. We both played in the same wild offense and, and by and large, the majority of that time was spent what in the gun. Right. Uh, now we were in the gun for the vast majority of our careers, but the great irony is Owen's signature play did not come in the gun. 
All right. His runaway beer truck was on a belly. Okay. Classic I formation, brother. Walk us through it. Let's go. Classic I formation. Uh, just, just, just old school belly play, basically. Little 34 action, right? Yep. Little belly play. Uh, you know, obviously I wasn't getting, you know, they were focusing and we had so many threats that game. So, uh -huh. um, we were actually in the game there. It was, I want to say it was before the half, I think. I mean, I've taken a lot of hits, so I can't recall, you know, all the uh, the uh, quarters and, and game clock uh, timing. But it was a simple belly play. I got out the outside. I had one guy to beat. Uh, he put on a bad, uh, you know, a half-hour arm tackle, broke through it, had nothing but green grass. Uh Looked up at the scoreboard. You know, they had the big jumbotron there. I said, man, I, this is it. I'm going to make this. This is the one. This is the this one is the I one. don't get caught on. This is the <laughs> one. Rumbling, stumbling all the way. And, uh, I mean, I can't express the feeling that it felt. I mean, it took me a career to get to that point uh, of just satisfaction scoring that, that long touch on. And just for you fact checkers out there, it was – it was at that moment when I scored, it was the longest run touchdown run in Fiesta Bowl history. Okay. Until the next half when Noel. Uh, the, uh, that's right. Listen, brief moments, brief moments. It was, a, it was a legendary brief moment. Now let's two questions. Let's go inside baseball here. Okay. Cause again, <laughs> I had a lot of friends on that staff, obviously a lot of Glenville connections to that staff that Rich had here. Now, the way a lot of those folks remember, in view, including those that were involved in the game planning and the play selections, there was a 34F and a 34P, okay, off at belly. 34F would be right to you, the fullback up the gut. 34P would be the, pit, the pitch action yep. opposite way. Just like you were talking about, you're trying to create some conflict among those linebackers, though, and that, that pitch action the opposite way kept them honest, kept that flow that way. But what you were talking about was you gashed them because they had to honor that. So yeah, it was a 34 yeah. F kind of deal. And that's what you took off on. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it just happened to open up. They, we got the end sealed. Basically. I mean, it, it wasn't like I juked out a thousand people. It was, it really textbook how it was supposed to go X and X's and O's. And, uh, and honestly, when I seen the green grass, I said, you better get on your horse, big boy, because this is the only chance you got. Your three longest runs, correct me if I'm wrong, came in bowl games. Bowl games. Bowl, game. yeah. Yeah. bowl games. Thank you. You know, you know what? Hey, this is understated, Wes. Uh, I think one of Owen's best games, because if you remember, when Steve got hurt in the Gator Bowl, everybody, of course, gives Pat credit for carrying us to that comeback, mm -hmm. right? Owen, you had 109 yards. You know? Yeah. So you had, you carried some of that burden as well with Steve. Allen. Yeah. Well, most of it came um, on a big, big run I had. I want to say in the first quarter, uh, or, or second quarter. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to get into the details because I can't remember all that stuff. But yeah, big run on, uh, and that was I want to say that was an option play where we run out of either. I think it was Rip Ma or Liz Max we were running out of. And I took the dive and the, the seam was right up the middle. I ended up breaking it to the outside. Unfortunately, like uh, most runs that got caught from behind, uh, close to the edge. But uh, yeah, I had a big game there. Um, I think I had, I think I had two, two touchdowns, maybe one touchdown, something like that, but huge comeback win huge. against Georgia tech. A heck of uh, a Georgia tech team. Yeah. And Megatron. Yeah. 
Yeah, against Megatron. I mean, 38-35 was yeah. the score yeah. the previous year uh, when we went to the Sugar Bowl, okay. which was kind of kind of crazy, kind of wacky a little bit. Um, but another big win um, in our history of uh, things. So it was like, you know, coming together, uh, coming back from that uh, comeback there, uh, being down against a very talented team, yeah. uh, you know, against a guy who's a Hall of Famer. Oh, stop. Uh, you know, I mean, an absolute, and he really was, he really was Megatron. He, he's, that's the best name anybody could have had for him. Uh, and now he's got some great success doing the green game uh, and uh, mad respect to him as well. That was a great class. Of, I believe he was in the same uh, draft class as, uh, as myself as well. I think you're right. A um, lot of great players. I mean, a lot of great players in general every year, but uh very special moment for, uh, for a, a kid from Gilman, Wisconsin, small town boy uh, living his dream out. Well, a couple things there. Jeff Castillo, you know, he's told me a number of times he was basically going to sell his soul in the second half to make sure that Megatron in the second half didn't do to us what he did in the first half. So he really had to roll the dice and the defense did a great job of bottling it up when we needed it the most. But here's what I want to ask you. When is the first time – let's go back to the Fiesta Bowl run, the signature runaway beer truck run. When is the first time – that you found out that the play call went the way it did. Somebody told you, was it a text? Was it somebody else that watched the game? They called you a runaway beer truck. What, where were you? That had to be like, wait, what? That's pretty daggone cool. When was the first time you heard that? The first time I actually, well, obviously I wasn't watching the game copy. So um, I had a few texts after that game from friends. Um, but uh the story or however it evolved, you know what I mean? I don't know if there was a background on how that guy knew who I was or, <laughs> or you know what I mean? It was just one yeah. of those great moments, you know, a broadcaster comes out with a great nickname. Uh, but after that, I really took on the persona um, and tried to kind of almost live up to that creation of uh, the runaway beer truck. And if you notice, I'm snickering sometimes as he's telling these stories, Wes. It's, <laughs> it's not just because they're funny, but Owen and I have had these conversations offline. Sure, sure. And he'll say things just matter-of-factly, like I think we were in Rip Max, okay? Well, I literally remember when we created Rip Max. There was no Rip Max. It was, thank you, Rip Max, Liz Max, all right? Still, hey, Owen knows the signals, right? But we literally didn't have it. That's a two-back split set out of the gun three wides. Okay. So you're talking 20 personnel. Uh, we'll use a lot of this lingo and maybe leave some people behind and double back to help them out. Cause that's how sure, me and Owen sure. talk. But uh, yeah, I remember when we created Rip Max because it was really, when we first started out at Glenville, we were past happy as they come. I, I was chucking that thing 50, 60 times a game. And Rich started to recognize the value of offsetting that with some balance in the run game. But back then, just to keep people honest. Now, I mean, I'd run a quarterback draw, right. And I'd get seven yards and I should have scored from 70. So when I saw Pat doing what he was doing, then it, was it all clicked. Me to understand. <laughs> but there you go. I mean, I, those holes were always there. I just wasn't <laughs> going to capitalize on them. But Rip Max, uh, it, it was one of the things we did to really start catering to the run game with two back sets. And yeah. we never had that. We were all 10 personnel. You know, back in the original days of the offense, we, were, we didn't have a tight end. We didn't have two back. So we, uh, we were all 10 personnel with four receivers, no tight ends, and one back. And uh, so we, we introduced – back then it was just kicking the H-back into the backfield with the fullback. 
because our traditional H-backs were more hybrid players. Uh, they were traditional backs that could catch. So we'd stick them out in the slot. So we weren't rip max, rip max, right? Uh, we would just kick with the same personnel group. We'd kick the H-back into the backfield and, you know, the, the backs would be on either side of the quarterback. And how many times did you see Owen back there with Steve Schmidt or Steve Schmidt, Steve Slayton or Owen back there with Noel yeah. Devine oh, right yeah. on either side of Pat? Well, that's a max look, right, Owen? Yeah, and originally uh, with talks with Calvin McGee, you know, God rest his soul, uh, Coach McGee, huge influence in my life. Um, But originally he told me, obviously, like we're talking, you know, that formation was really for an H-back position, somebody who could, you know, still keep same personnel so we could keep the the ball rolling, spot the ball, right? and uh, and keep the game going, right? So you could run that hurry up offense and get that tempo that he was looking for. Um, but when I came in, I had a little bit of a wrinkle. I had a little more athleticism um, for a bigger guy. So they didn't really fully get to evolve. I think what they wanted f- from me, senior year, they kind of did. We started doing some, I would go bump down a tight end and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And they would try to put me out in the in the slot. Um, unfortunately, you know, you drink a keg of beer every week, you know, you're a little slowed down. So hey, what was the look on Will Linebacker's face when he had to kick out and cover you with the slot? That's what I want to know. Oh, absolutely. And I, and see, I was a very ferocious, uh, uh, slot player. You know, I would, I was one of those guys who'd come off the ball in, you know, probably not within the rules of the game. I think there's actually playing the Fiesta Bowl where I, I am playing slot and I uh-huh. come off. And I ended up blocking the guy like 10 yards down the field and then running out route. Uh, definitely was a penalty. Um, but I would get away with some of that more stuff, just being physical and stuff like that. So that was uh, – those were interesting times, you know what I mean, uh, for me too, because I traditionally always – I grew up playing fullback from, you know, when I started in middle school to, you know, obviously played uh, high school, college, and, and my – you know, ultimately my NFL career, but it all started at a Kenner camp uh, that my grandfather used to host. Well, really, uh, John O'Grady, the guy who I went to uh, played at River Falls. He was the head coach there. They put this camp on for Craig Kenner. He was a um, unfortunate uh, hunting accident where he was he was shot in the back um, while he was hunting with a friend. Um, his friend tripped over a log and, you know, fell on the gun, gun went off. Anyways, uh, Craig's camp was like, it was like 25, 28 year camp, uh, in our little town of Gilman, Wisconsin, population 375. Um, but, uh, small town, small town kid, but I started there. And originally when I started, uh, I, my grandfather wanted me to play, play a line. You know what I mean? He wanted me to learn how to block. Uh, fundamentals of the game that's he said you can go to the camp you know and I think I went to the camp a little bit early I was I was pretty small at the time and uh John Jensen Dwayne Jensen really Dwayne Jensen uh my grandfather coached for 36 years at Gilman High School um immense amount of knowledge of football um big wing T guys um, that's who really got my start. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I got into the whole deal. I started out as, uh, learning how to block. Uh, and like he said, was the, was the crucial, you know, 
obviously that's the crucial skill you have to have uh, to be able to play football. Uh, one that takes you through the years. So learn there. And then it just progressed. Um, middle school, I played fullback. Uh, like I said, we were wing T based, ended up going to high school uh, in Northern Virginia, Fairfax, where I again, played fullback, um, had two interesting coaches there um, at the time. And, and uh, they were really into um, changing looks, right? That was their big thing. And, uh, and fullback was always a huge part of that offense that I ended up going to Fairfax High School, another big wing T school, um, where we, uh, you know, really showcased buck trap, you know, stuff like that. Oh. that those were our bread and butters, waggle, you know, waggle pass. Um, gotta love waggle. Yeah, gotta love waggle, man. I mean, I took a, I, if you check out my high school highlight, it looks a little bit like, uh, Jed's camera film right now. Thank um, you. Nice. I knew that was going to come up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's better than his footage from Grafton, at least, Owen. We can say that. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. Little bit. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But uh, then eventually, uh, after no looks in high school, uh, John O'Grady, this is how the, the story comes for a cir full circle. He uh, says, hey, man, he kept in touch with me during the recruiting process. Uh, got me into River Falls, and they were a traditional wishbone, traditional wishbone. So fullback, uh, you know, brute, obviously, and you don't have to know. Playbook was very small for me, right? Basically, I'm just the dive guy. But the thing that I was good at was giving the same look every time. So had a great uh, freshman season there. Um, ended up talking to him afterwards. Um, saying, you know, I really want to try to, you know, try to play at the next level. Uh, and his words were just, hey, as long as you uh, keep giving River Falls a good name, uh, we'll be more than happy, and I understand. Because um, we kind of knew that coming in a little bit, but it was just a circumstance how, you know, there's players that slip through cracks all the time. And uh, in those those processes, you know, obviously going to college, and uh, and then I drove around. I made a VHS tape of my highlights, and I drove around the East Coast, dropped the film off with my mom uh, to a bunch of different schools in West Virginia. I said, hey, we'll give you a walk-on chance. It was actually Donnie Young. And uh, he he I'd get passed the tape off to Rich, Rich, and then it was like, uh, this is – I'm here, you know. And coming in, I mean – I knew what their – I kind of knew about WVU. I knew about their game scheme. I knew – I I love playing with them on uh, EA Sports, right, college college football. He was – I mean, I was so obsessed. I, You know, at that time, they didn't have the names and all that stuff. So, I went in there. I'm, like, playing the game. I'm putting everybody's name. And that's when Rashid, Chris Henry yeah, were yeah. huge. I mean, they were a one-two punch. You could literally let Chris just go on a go on a fly route and huck it up to him. And he was coming down with it every time or run with Rashid uh, either way. But then when I got to West Virginia, I just kind of evolved that position. Like we were talking about earlier about what the, the H back. And that's when I kind of started getting into those. Plus, you know, spring ball happened. I ended up getting some reps there. So it all ended up working out. It's, it's, a, it's really, a, it's a long story. It's a crazy story, but it's kind of like, 
the evolution of football, how we've seen it. Rich's offense go across the spectrum. Sure. And uh, and now it's even, you know, it's even more evolved um, with the RPOs and all that good stuff. But yeah. um, it's been a it's been a crazy journey, man. It's been a crazy journey. And fullback got me the whole way. So learning how to block, you know, to any of the young kids that are listening to this podcast, man. God learn save the, skill. the fullbacks. <laughs> God save the fullbacks. Hey, they're not going to come back. To they're Owen's point, he pro- he provided a body type. He introduced a body type into the scheme uh, that Rich was running that previously we hadn't had for all the years, yeah. from Glenville to Tulane to Clemson on up to WVU. So it put uh, you know Rich in position and put the offense in position to do some different things. But we we got to throw the break here. We're going to throw to West and let him throw the break of him. But I want to go out with this. We we got some good folks paying. For the uh, the podcast, starting <laughs> off with our, our our friends at Toothman Ford and our friends at GoMart, but I want to see how much the language changed over the years. Okay, so I'm going to signal something to you, and you tell me if you know the signal. All right, let's start with this. Here, here we go. Oh, no? I know that. That's uh, that's Kevin McAllister in Home Alone when Thank he puts you. the aftershave on his. All right, ah! no, you're not going to give me F F F uh uh-uh. H. Y, Z, come on, X. Okay, so you don't know. Hey, listen, I I played the position, but all I needed to know is if we were going right or left. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Wes, take us out here to break. We are going to take our first break here of the uh, inaugural In the Gun episode. But when we come back, we got camp going on. Uh, just about three weeks till the backyard brawl, till the opener of the 2022 regular season. We'll get some camp notes, pick Jed's brain about some things that are going on there. We'll also talk some bigger picture headlines from the college football world. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, Owen Schmidt, you are in the gun. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Back in the gun here, Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, Owen Schmidt, our inaugural episode, talking uh, some fun stories, some good times, uh, these two and their experiences in the Rich Rod offense. Uh, but now, gentlemen, I think it's time to get into uh, some WVU camp notes here. We are uh, just a little over three weeks away from the start of the 2022 season. Uh, Jed, I know that you've been at a couple practices. You, you have access to be able to view the film from practices as well, too. Uh, what's going on in camp, what's new for the Mountaineers, and obviously I, I got to imagine uh, a lot of our listeners, of course, want to hear your opinion on, uh, on JT Daniels, the newcomer sure. as well, too. Uh, well, obviously, you know, you wouldn't get where JT is without the ability to spin it. I mean, the arm talent's there. I mean, right now what you're seeing is 
when you watch him pre-snap, when all thoughts removed, just step back. It, it's a thing of beauty. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's still trying to reacclimate himself in a language that he hasn't spoken in this offense in three years. So that comes through reps. Uh, that, that's why you're you're knocking these things out a rep at a time in August, right? But but I, I think he's tied at the hip, and that quarterback situation at large is tied at the hip. I mean, what's going to happen alongside uh, you know JT Daniels with with Garrett with Nico with Goose? So there's a lot in that room going on. But we have a new system and we have a new coordinator. Now, when you bring in a guy like Graham Harrell, what's interesting to me about Graham Harrell, uh, yes, he's an old school, tried and true air raid guy, but Seth Luttrell, who he coached with at North Texas, is also an air raid guy, but an air raid guy that kind of spun off his own way with some run game influences. So what's Graham going to continue to evolve into there? Can Graham Harrell turn into the type of assistant that makes a difference as a coordinator, like Jeff Grimes did, for instance, at Baylor last year. The, the impact Jeff Grimes had, in my estimation, he should have run. He should have been the assistant coach of the year in college football. He should have won the Bulls Award. He took an offense that that struggled in, in every measurable metric and turned it into an efficient machine that just mulched you. Uh, so can we have that kind of transformation on the offensive side? Oh, and that's what I'm curious about with a guy like Graham Harrell. I mean, it really depends on the people that we got bring coming in this year, honestly, um, and how well they come to this game. JT kind of coming back, uh, you know, that could kind of be like I was with Mike Holmgren in Seattle, right, true West Coast, ended up going to Philly, Andy Reid. A lot of the same, obviously, plays were the same, little different lingo, so he's going to have a little bit of catch-up on that. Obviously, I'm sure they're working – you know, that's like an old kindled flame. You know I mean? With more time, that's going to become on point. Uh, but as far as these guys go, if they buy into Neil's, hey, we're going to come to work, mm -hmm. right? We're going to watch the film, right? We're going to get in the weight room. We're going to get on practice field. We're going to get after it, right? As long as they buy in, they study their plays, they get into the game, they buy in really truly. Um, and I know I just said that, but – Buying in is a huge part of um, a team evolving with a coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to have his old traditional stuff he wants, but he's going to have some players that he knows he can put a new wrinkle in. So mm -hmm. I think just with what we see coming in the preseason here, I think that's where uh, the evolution is going to come. I don't think it's going to be right at the start of the season. I think it's going to kind of be an evolution of when he starts to feel comfortable with some of these guys. Good point. And, and, you know, to explain this, we'll, we'll obviously be getting much deeper and more granular into the Mountaineers themselves. But uh, we're going to talk big picture college football. We're going to talk Big 12. But in moving forward, just so everybody understands, obviously we're here to talk Mountaineer football. But, so let, let's close on the Mountaineer side right now with this. Just defensively, I think what's interesting is I have a lot of faith in Jordan Leslie and that defensive staff. Uh, Shadon Brown on down the line with the job they've done. A lot of people want to know this, but from uh, you're talking about the fundamentals of the game in the last segment, Owen, from a tech, from a fundamental standpoint, when you look at the Mountaineers the last three years as a tackling team defensively, when you look at pro football focus, they have us as the highest graded tackling defense in the Big 12 each of the last three years, which may play into maybe a concern right now at this point in camp. On the back end, we're a lot longer. We're a lot more athletic. We're a lot faster. The playmaking ability is there. Is the physicality 
and are the fundamentals there? Because, I mean, Tony Mathis went viral for a reason the other day. Part was because he made a spectacular run, but part was because the tackling on the back end needs to improve. So we got to improve there, right, Owen? That was a beautiful run, by the way. Yes. I love that. I, I shared that clip that you had. Always uh -huh. love seeing the guy tote the pill like that. But, yeah, I mean, tackling, that's 101. Um, got to be good at it. I did not know that stat about us being ranked that high on uh, the pro football charts. But, uh, you know, expect to see, in my opinion, uh, Dante up front, um, a lot of leadership, a lot of big character, a lot of big plays. Um, and hopefully, you know, defense just rallies around. We've had a lot of great hitting uh, WVU teams in the past. And I feel that's kind of like our blue culture or uh, blue collar mantra a little bit. Um, so if we can stick to that stuff and just grind it out, you know what I mean? All hats to the football. Um, we'll be able to make it happen. Well, I'm going to let you throw us into some big picture stuff here. Let's end with this. Uh, ideally, the way this would play out for West Virginia on the defensive side of the football, like Owen was talking, as the season evolves over the course of time, different body types, different skill sets. So when you encounter an offense that's max protecting, you strain you with the run game, doing telling you what Baylor did last year in Waco, you have an answer. You can now man up because you're athletic enough to do so. You can generate some pressure through some blitz packages and throw some numbers at those guys and force the issue. A year ago, or maybe even in previous years recently, we weren't built to do that. Hopefully we will be this year, Wes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that, and, and I think that's going to be important early on, too. You know, the defense, it feels like they've started the last couple seasons strong, and when you're working in a, a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, you're starting the season on the road, they're, they're going to need that defense to be ready to go on September 1st and, and, you know, even a week later against Kansas as well, too, while the offense is kind of figuring things out, new quarterback, new OC. Um, so hopefully that'll be the case for the defense once again. Yeah, Jed, we wanted to talk some uh, – some bigger picture college football in this segment as well, too. And like you mentioned, obviously, as we get closer and closer to that September 1st date, we'll be doing a lot more Mountaineer specifics and X's and O's there. But a ton going on, gentlemen. I mean, this seems, you know, like a conversation that, that we could have every offseason in college football over the last decade or so, uh, whether it's realignment, whether it's changes to the transfer portal and mm -hmm. NIL, uh, playoff expansion. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things. We've got a new commissioner in the Big mm -hmm. 12 as well, too, Jed, Brett Yormack. Uh, let me start there with you. Uh, how are you feeling about this new leadership, four new teams coming in? You know, while obviously you're you're losing two massive brands in Oklahoma and Texas, mm -hmm. it feels like the Big 12 could, could still be in good position in, in, in all this, you know, this landscaping of, of change and, and conference realignment. Yeah, I think the general consensus was it probably was time for change. I mean, Bob Bowlesby did a lot of things for the league, but it was time to shift gears. And what they were looking for was a new age guy or a new age gal for a new age game. And uh, I think in, in, in large part, that's what you get with a guy like your Mac. It's he's a Madison Avenue marketing guy. Uh, he has a tremendous network and not just sports broadcasting, but uh, the sports industry at large. Uh, that's going to serve the conference well moving forward. Uh, he's an outside the box thinker. He's a big brand equity guy. So in other words, he doesn't come from the traditional ranks. Uh, of athletic administration like previously you might expect in, in the old guard with some of these commissioners. But, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. What we don't want is, you know, not a lot of good things have been said about uh, George Klyavkov in, in the Pac-12, and yet he's the same type of new age guy. So 
uh, let's see how this works out, but I want some outside the box thinking, and that's what you need in this new age of, of uh, talk of playoff expansion, realignment everywhere you turn. Everybody's trying to fight to battle to survive, but you got NIL to talk about, right? Oh, and there, there's a lot of things on the table right now. A change is afoot. Yeah, I mean, just getting on the NIL standpoint, I mean, with transfer portal and, and uh, the NIL going on, it's still kind of the Wild West, you know what I mean? As far as the money bags go from each school, um, you're going to see, I think at first, you're going to see the, the teams that have the bigger pockets, the deeper pockets, uh, they'll be able to kind of make those changes kind of like, you know, an NFL team would in the offseason with uh, free agency. Um, but as far as uh, going forward with building the brand of the Big 12, right, that's what they're trying to do here. I think they brought in some teams that really are going to help um, bring yeah. some uh, character, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, teams, Cincinnati, for, for instance, right, a team like Cincinnati, you know, goes to the, uh, goes to the ship. You know what I mean? Obviously, doesn't get Absolutely. what they need, but uh, that that's a team that's going to bring excitement. You know, change isn't always bad. Uh, with all this kind of craziness going on in the league right now, um, you know, I look to see football evolve. Better brand of football is going to evolve with the change. And I, I think you're going to see some of these teams that come in that we might not think um, are the best for us. But uh, – as, as the Big 12 evolves, um, you know, the football is going to get better. Teams are going to get more exciting. West Virginia was never a marketable team, quote unquote, right? But uh, we always played a good brand of football. And I think that's kind of like the Big 12. You're going to see great, you know, not like Alabama football teams, but you're going to see great football. And a lot of great football players come out of those leagues. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, it's going to be exciting. It's a new year. Uh, and, and you know, who really knows how that crystal ball is going to unfold. But uh, look for some good football, man. I mean, uh, in, in the aspect of the game, that's how it ends up going. You know what I mean? We, we all know. We all think we know. But we don't really know. Yeah, and Wes, we'll, we'll let you take us to this message from Gomar. We'll close with this. I, like you're talking about, Owen, uh, it's good football in the Big 12, okay? Um, people are going to step up, and, you know, what's West Virginia going to do to think outside the box and get creative? I mean, you have, like, Texas Tech uh, through their Matador yeah. Club, 25 grand a kid, and that's including walk-ons, up to 100 kids. And they had a collective respond to Texas Tech to pay the, the women's basketball team 25 grand per player. And now you got the Boulevard Collective at SMU, 36 grand a player. So it's going to be interesting to see, first of all, how sustainable it is, okay? But second of all, who does what from a creativity standpoint? But like I said, Wes, I'll let you take us out. Yeah, it certainly is a it certainly is a changing landscape without a doubt. I just got to say, I'm happy that when Cincinnati joins the Big Twelve, we'll finally at least have another conference opponent who's Travel in the partner. same time zone as <laughs> us. How about how about that? Uh, we are going to get to a break here. When we come back on the other side, a fun feature 
that's going to be a staple here in the gun. It'll be called Runaway Questions. It's your chance to pick Owen's brain. Make sure you're following along with us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast if you want to get involved with that. We'll also uh, continue to kick around some thoughts on some bigger uh, college football stories and talk about these new uniforms that uh, the WVU uh-huh. is going to be wearing when they hit 79 North to take on those stinking Pitt Panthers in a couple weeks. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, Owen Schmidt, you are In the Gun. Game day got you on the go? We get it. GoMart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia-owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart. Back in the gun, it's the ITG podcast. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, the runaway beer truck himself, Owen Schmidt. And now it is time. It's the segment that everybody, I think, folks, this is going to be the one that everyone's looking forward to every single week. It's real simple. It's called Runaway Questions. It's your questions for the beer truck himself. Let's do it. Cargo truck overturns, spilling a lot of beer in the process. Take a look at what happened. This is in West Virginia. There were a variety of beers being carried on the truck. Owen Schmidt, like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines. Big Owen Schmidt, touchdown, West Virginia. So this will be one of our our regular segments here in the gun, folks. Uh, Something that in the business we call a benchmark, right? Something you can expect on the show regularly every single week. It's real simple. On our Twitter account, In the Gun Podcast, that's where you get involved. uh, And you can ask Owen anything and everything that is on your mind for the beer truck himself. Owen, you ready to get going here? (laughs) <laughs> there it is, the double horns from Big O. Joe is up first here. Joe wants to know, how many helmets or face masks did you break in your career, and what's the most beers you've ever had in the blue lot before games, of course, after your playing career? Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. Before, before, uh, before that, huh? Um, <laughs> I want to say it was about 11 face masks. Um, that's the... Uh, official number um but there was you know face mask replacements probably probably every game every other game uh before Rydell moved me switched me to the uh, titanium fast face mask um and then uh obviously a little bit stronger material uh hold up to the blows so uh i, I want to say the, the number is 11 uh, as far as beers go, uh, it was a lot more than 11. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Before I was actually playing, uh, I did sneak through a couple, and a couple of times I did snag one or two. You know? <laughs> His run against Louisville was inspired by Schlitz. Yeah. <laughs> Schlitz. <laughs> yes, uh, it I think- was. Depending on where you're going through in the blue lot, it might have just been Natty Light, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, (laughs) Pete wants to know, Pete tweets and asks, what went through your mind when you turned the corner and saw clear sailing down the sideline, thus becoming the runaway beer truck in the Fiesta Bowl? Uh, The big boy's gone. He's gone. You got to make it. You got it. This is your (laughs) one chance. This is your last chance, brother. You got to make this one. Um, Like I was explaining earlier, once I – once I ended up getting that initial corner, switching the ball up in my other hand, 
and seeing daylight, um, I basically looked up at the jumbotron, trying to kind of see where guys were behind me. Um, kind of old trick a ball coach taught me. Uh, so, cause when you turn your head, when you're running, right, it's going to slow you down. So I just took a peek up there. saw I was pretty free and clear and just said, hold on, brother, keep a turning. You're almost there. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that, Owen. That's what I used to do at Glenville is I'd look up on the jumbotron and as I was taking off to score, uh, yeah, you believe we have a jumbotron. I got a bridge to say in Brooklyn. Uh, or if you believe I was taken off to score. Uh, so that's hey, back to back lives. Glenville might have a, a jumbotron now. I might have put one in now, right? I well, thanks, might... thanks, to the, thanks to the donation of most yeah. famous alumni, Jed Drenning. Yeah. I heard they got one. <laughs> Mr. Ike Morris, all things are possible in the bill. <laughs> Next one here, Owen, is from not Tony Caridi on Twitter. Uh, not Tony wants to know, how does Owen feel about the future of the WVU football program? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. That's a loaded one. It is. It is. Um, obviously these last couple seasons, people have, they're antsy, right? We want, we want, we want to get back to where we were. Um, ultimately I think we, we we're we're in the right direction, right? We're building right. He, Neil is starting to put key coaches. Uh, we've got, we've had a great off season of getting players in from the transfer portal um, and I look to those guys who have been with him for those number of years to step up and, and you know, it's time. Uh, it's, that's the beauty of college football. It's very short. Your time there is short lived. So hopefully that, uh, that, you know, Neil Brown mantra, um, and that West Virginia spirit, uh, brings these guys to where we need to go. But I look to having a in my opinion, this year is it's going to be an interesting year. But I look to us to have a, um, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say 650, 700. All right. So I'll say we're going to compete. Uh, there's going to be a lot of close games um, that I think that, uh, you know, we're going to have to finish. You know, big emphasis as his this year is understanding situational football. Right. And I think with having Graham there, we're going to have a little bit more of that uh, outside of the box play calling. Uh, maybe when last year we were kind of hesitant um, to maybe call that shot. I think this year, you know, there's going to be situations where we say, let's go for it. And so I, I look to think... go ahead. What? That one. No. Ahead. So uh, honestly, I do have high hopes. Um, as well as all of Mountaineer Nation does right now. But I, I truly believe that uh, we can easily get to that um, that game average um, if we play our game. You want the meaningful football in November is always the goal, right? And what, Owen, oh, to play off of what you just said, situational football, for all the positive things we did defensively a year ago, uh, one of the things that Coach Leslie and the defensive staff can focus on, we didn't close well. OK, from the Maryland game to the Texas Tech game to the Oklahoma game. We had those are the same. Those are the same three that I was just there thinking, go, Jed, where situational we didn't football. Do that, but yeah. Go ahead and keep rolling, Wes. I just want to, I thought that was a perfect time to add that to what I was saying. I'm absolutely with you. Those three games really stand out. It's, hey, I mean, every football team's in that position, right, where you look at the end of the season, you say, oh, man, here, here, and here, and we could have been nine and three instead of six yeah. and six. But hopefully that's what we can get moving in the right direction this year. Two more quickies here to get us out of here. Jared tweets. 
Any chances Schmidt's saloon opens back up? Ooh, wow. That's a, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'll say I'll put it on the backs of my colleagues here. If, if the podcast starts to roll, Schmidt Saloon can be a definite thing. Let's go. Let's, Let's start go. a beer sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what services I could help you there, but I'll be a food runner or something. You, you got me. You got me signed up. Uh, last one here. Lat tweets us and wants to know: Did Owen ever come close to punching Rich Rod? Uh. Oh man, um, it's a cauldron. You know what? He's a dad. He's he's a coach. He's a brother. Um, situations get heated on the field. Um, I don't think I would ever be close to punching him. Uh, even after all the f bombs he dropped on me numerous times, and. You know, grabbing the face mask, hitting the helmet with the whistle, you know what I mean? Just completely dogging you out. What we um, used to call tough love, right? Yeah, tough love, man. And a lot of respect for a guy like that. He demands a lot of respect, and he shows a lot of respect as well. Um, are you saying Rich swears? I would say he tends to use some <laughs> sort of his own profanity at times. Uh, that's, that's an apt description, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. When I went to the NFL and was getting questioned, they said, do you take tough coaching? Right. And then he looks at the, he looks at his pad and he goes, well, you were coached by Rich Rod. I know you take tough coaching. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of respect. It yeah, is. sure is. Sure is. That, that certainly is. Uh, wanted to, to, to toss around a couple fun segments here for us, uh, fellas, as we start to, uh, to wrap up here. Um, this, uh, this segment here will brought, be brought to you by our friends at Toothman Ford in Grafton, West Virginia. As we all know, cars cost less, cost less, pardon me, in Grafton. Uh, gentlemen, Country Roads uniforms this year. Pretty cool. Uh, WVU wearing special uniforms for the opener against Pitt. All white, uh, white pants, white jersey, white helmet. Not quite to the stormtrooper effect of, of the of the traditional all white look. More more navy, more blue built in there. Uh, Owen, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one again too. As as the former player, uh, just your thoughts on those new threads for the team. Uh, obviously, some good memories from 2010, the last time WVU went up to Pittsburgh, wore those those uh, those pro combat, the Nike Cole uniforms and smoked pit 35 to 10 and what was my sophomore year of college there um I, I got to imagine you know as a former player and, and in that locker room they, they got to be thinking you know this is pretty cool that we get to these special uniforms first time in program history that anyone's worn anything like this yeah look good feel good play good right that's you know right. what I mean uh that's that's kind of the uh the motto of the player right uh new uniforms are always sweet uh it's kind of like in my opinion, uh, kind of a restart, right? It's a fresh start. You know what I mean? Um, Forget the past, right? We can set the tone right now. Um, Very thought out. I love that they have um, all the state, um, interstate woven in there. There's some really cool, like, uh, what I would say is a classic car guy, like the ghost look. Right with all those uh, intricacies in there, but a, a sweet pair of threads, man, will make a kid feel like a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? And going into pit, 
Um, I know these kids don't exactly know, you know, the history. I'm sure, I'm sure right now that they have been fed a lot of this stuff right now. And I'm sure, unfortunately, that big loss that we had back then is definitely on their mind. Um, so I think going out there making a statement uh, with some new duds, you know what I mean? Getting the dudes out there to play some ball, rip some, rip some shots and, uh, and get after it. I mean, what can you say about a uniform that completely, in my opinion, represents the state of West Virginia? Well, that's all I have to say is uh, Sweet Caroline, to your point, Owen, has been blasting at practice, the appropriate version of Sweet Caroline. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big monochrome uniform guy. I typically don't like all one color. Uh, but I think they kind of pulled it off with this. Uh, I really do. So that's my I take love, on it. I love the helmets. I think the helmets yeah, are I do too. Yeah, the, I helmets do too. Are, yeah. the helmets are fantastic. Oh, they're sick. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, before we get to our polls here, Jed, you still want to you want to kick around a college football game next year here a little bit? Starting next year, let's be quick with this. Uh, we, you know, everybody has a plan to they get punched. Said Mike Tyson, right? We we structured this thing to be forty minutes, but here we are already on episode yeah, first one. episode. Who knows when this long. is going to end, right? But uh, we kind of knew this would happen. But uh, yeah, the EA Sports game for college football is coming back next year. Okay, culturally, I don't know if you could play college football in the last 25 to 30 years and not have an appreciation or a lot of stories about it. I Even when I was coaching for Rick Trickett at Glenville, uh, we were living in the backside of a warehouse on Route 33 right outside of town. Speaking of Ike Morris, it was Ike's warehouse. And there was a little living space. And I was living with Freddie Kitchens. It was his first coaching job. I was the coordinator. He was the running backs coach. And all we did all summer, there was all there was to do in Glenville. We had two recliners, two old beat up recliners. We kicked back like Joey and Chandler on Friends, and uh, we just play EA Sports college football. He always took the '94 Buffs and uh, from that era, and he had Cordell and Bien. I mean, all those guys. And of course, I was trying to take some Mountaineer teams and knock them off, but I couldn't stop the option. But Owen, oh, I know you were on the cover. We're actually speaking to a cover boy here, a cover boy in our midst, 2009. Walk us through how that happened, what happened. Give us some details on that. Yeah, pretty great honor. Um, you know, that's another childhood kind of fantasy um, to come to light. But basically, my agent got in touch with me and asked me if I wanted to be on the cover of, of the college football game. And I thought he was I thought he was joking around. And come to find out. They were doing four different covers that year. Um, they did one for each different console. I happened to be on the PSP console. Um, and uh, I believe my other partners were there, uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, Darren McFadden, and uh, uh, Atlanta quarterback. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. From Boston College. Matt oh, Ryan. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, yep. Matt Ryan, yep. Go. Sorry, Matt. My bad. The head, see? CT get to me, brother. Anyways, um, <laughs> but great honor. I actually uh, got to go up to the EA Sports headquarters in Canada. Me and Deshaun went up there. We got toured the facility. They got to show us all the cool uh, suits they'd wear uh, to get the moves down and all the athletes, the EA Sports athletes up there that were doing – you know, all the crazy gymnastics stuff to, to get what we played in the game, uh, the, the live game action, which has since 
completely evolved if you haven't played any sort of um, sporting game uh, just with the graphics alone. Uh, but super awesome, super cool. Made a little change uh, and got uh, got to be in something that, uh, in my opinion, uh, will be cool to show my my son Waylon when he gets of age and is, is yeah. starting to get in those no video doubt. games. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that was a summertime tradition for me growing up. It wasn't really summer till it was the second week of July and <laughs> an NCAA football came out and I'd make my mom drive me to GameStop at eight o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday to, to go pick it up. Uh, certainly excited to have that one back for sure. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we also, along with uh, with Runaway Questions, we're going to have some regular uh, Twitter polls up on our, our, our Twitter account again in the Gun Podcast is where you find us there. These are brought to you by Toothman Ford as well, too. A uh, couple here to update you on. The first one we did this past week, who was the most exciting Mountaineer player you've ever seen? And, you know, when you consider the, the relative age group of people that are on Twitter, this one, not surprising, Pat White wins with, uh, with about 44% of the vote. Uh, but not too far behind him for second place was Tavon Austin. Um, you know, those are obviously two names at, at the forefront of that. I think Major Harris certainly as well, too. You could throw... Uh, Avon in there, you could throw Amos in there, you could throw Steve and Noel in there, but I'm not surprised that, that Pat and Tavon are, are one and two in that regard. Well, you know, there's some recency bias. There right? certainly is. Certainly about. is. If, if, if you polled the same fans in 1990, uh, Mage's number one was 60 or 70%, followed probably by Danny Bugs. okay? Garrett Ford Sr. is going to get some votes. So what are your thoughts, Euro? Uh, I'm I'm with you there. There's definitely a little bias. Obviously, that's kind of, uh, you know, early 2000s. Um, well, late 2000s, I guess. Early 2000s, late 2000s. But it's hard not to uh, give it up for my man, Pat. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, congratulations, by the way, to him. You know, yeah. uh, he's now he's now a bolt. Uh, so sure I'm is. looking for good things out of him. Uh, Tavon. Uh, one of the probably one of the most, if not the most, electrifying players in college football uh, at the time, absolutely. Um, and major, I've gotten to meet uh, you know after you know after you play, you get to meet some of these older guys that played, and you start get learning the history and the and the tradition, and really major ahead of his time. Um, you know, when, when he was playing ball. And if you would have kind of put him up, he was bigger than Pat. You know what I mean? I'd like to have almost seen him play, you know, to now today um, where he really would have stood. Um, and at the time, you know, football back then I felt was bigger bodies, mm-hmm. you know, so for him to have the speed, the athleticism um, is very, mm-hmm. very outstanding. And then, you know, as it evolves, we come into more of what I would say more of an, athletic football with the speed game guys like pat you know uh transitioning i felt major maybe would have been transitioned better to the nfl just with the body size more of like a randall cunningham mm-hmm. type deal obviously not i don't think he's the same height but uh yeah obviously i don't i have no disagreements with that poll i i think it, it, it like i said it might be a little biased but very there's a lot of people out there with some good taste yeah, there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, second one here. Fourth and goal from the five. You're down by four. Need a touchdown. There's three seconds left on the clock. 
single coverage away from the formation. Which, which Mountaineer are you rolling with? Stedman Bailey finishes first. Uh, this was a close one, though. Stedman first, David Sills second, Chris Henry third. And I just got to say, I mean, what about a little love for Kevin White here? I mean, are we all forgetting about Kevin White? I tell you what, he could go up and get it. Uh, right. But I, you can't really go wrong with, with any of those answers. I mean, we've, we've certainly had a, a multitude of talented wide receivers over the last couple decades, and those are some, some good answers there. Baylor's still getting flagged against Kevin White. Uh, <laughs> look, the only two things I'll say about this is uh, first, uh, Stedman was the that was the biggest highway robbery I've ever seen out of the 25 touchdowns, 25 touchdown grabs. Uh, and in 2012, Marquise Lee wins the Bolitnikoff as the top receiver in college football. But outside of that, Owen, the only thing I'll say, and I'll toss to you over 1800 votes with these three polls right out of the gates. So we can't say enough how much we appreciate the engagement, and we'll be asking for more of that moving forward. You guys did a tremendous job taking part in this. The fans did. Yeah, and we'll, we'll again, we're going to have some staples here on the show. Runaway questions will be one of those. Some of our Twitter polls certainly will as, uh, as well, too. Last one, which Owen Schmidt memory brings the biggest smile to your face? And, gentlemen, I don't think this one is surprising, but it's the, it's the Fiesta Bowl postgame interview. The night in the desert, man, you know. Owen? They didn't give any love to your bloody face in Seattle. They didn't give any love to your jump in Piscataway, East Rutherford. It was all about the night in the desert. Look at this. 50-50. Look at these boats, too. What do you think? I mean, mad respect to all the fans. Uh, you know, very heartfelt what I said. You know, basically the reason why I'm here in West Virginia. Uh, so much love, so much respect. Love the people of West Virginia. Love hanging out with them. I meet people on the daily that share that same moment with me uh, and rekindle that magic that happened uh, so long ago. So I'm very appreciative of that. And like we were saying, thank you so much for the engagement because really without y'all, there is no ITG. That's right. That's right. No doubt about it. And yeah, no, Owen, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's been what, 14 years since that Fiesta Bowl, I think. Um, I've got family in Doddridge. I've got family in Parkersburg. I've got family in Nashville, Tennessee. And they all, I guess I'll drop the first curse word here in ITG history. They all about shit their pants when they found out that I was doing a podcast with you. Odds. Okay. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of betting folks so, out there that just lost their money. That's right. The it's the, the, it's the baby face, yeah. the baby face, fifteen yeah. year old who drops the first, <laughs> uh, drops the first curse word here. But that's just, I mean, fourteen years later, that that's the impact that you had on the program and the in the fan base. I'm getting text messages from all my family members. You're doing what with Owen Schmidt now? Um, and and yeah, that 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 night down in the desert, I think, was certainly the catalyst. No, it was a heartfelt moment, man. And and like I said, all that work and just the story. You know, from from where I came from to getting to that moment, I had so many friends and family at that game, and we celebrated after it, and such a surreal moment. And to be able to even see homage that WVU's, you know, put me on, you know, they put me on a damn column in the in the stadium. I mean, being able to walk past that yeah. uh, gives me such a sense of pride every time I'm there. Uh, that people remembered such a unique moment, and uh, I got to share it with everybody. I, I think of it. COVID testing when I see that column on, because that's that's where we had to go do the team testing. But Wes, take us out. 
right, go we're gonna take our we're gonna take our final break here of this inaugural episode. When we return, just some closing thoughts, uh, telling you guys what we got upcoming before we get out of here. It's ITG, a WVU football podcast. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Final segment, ITG here, having some fun on our inaugural episode. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to be doing this regularly. We'll be going twice a week once we get into the season. Uh, maybe not quite that here as we kind of get our feet wet and get into this thing. Uh, but, Jed, I know coming up in our next episode, I uh, want to do some Big 12 previews and, and want to take a uh, deeper dive into some happenings at, uh, at camp as well, too. You know, Owen and I had a vision of this turn into a conversation that you might hear in a locker room, right? Or, you know, stepping outside the huddle during a TV timeout for Owen's case. But I, just a football conversation. I think we've captured that or we're going to work towards capturing that. But I, I thought there for a while today, this almost wasn't going to happen. You know, I got a phone call uh, a couple hours before we taped from a buddy of mine, Mike Vest, and he said, holy cow, I know why UPS drivers aren't supposed to turn left. You know, this guy just got smacked in this intersection by this truck that hit him straight on. This dude didn't even stop, didn't even slow down. I said, where are you? And he said, I'm in Beckley. And I said, dude, Owen's route's in Beckley. What are you talking about? So I'm on the phone texting Owen, trying to call Owen. And he's like, yep. And then he goes like 20 minutes without texting me. And I'm like, what are you getting hauled off in a meat wagon? I mean, what's happening here? So I didn't know this was going to happen. But anyway, here we are. Owen's fine. Owen's safe. Be careful out there, folks. But this was uh, this was fun, and we're going to have a ton of fun with this. You can't hurt a beer truck with a UPS truck. So well always said. remember that. Well said. Remember, tell an ear to tell an ear, right? Wes? Tell an ear to tell an ear. We're uh, we're just getting going here, having some fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed this inaugural episode. Speaking of beer truck, <laughs> if any of you out there drive beer trucks, if you own a brewery, anything like that, I mean, there's there's some sponsorship opportunities there to be attached. I'm, I'm just it's saying. hanging fruit. It's Shameless plug. Fruit. Shameless plug. There's some conversations going on, but it hasn't passed the conversation stage yet, right? Well, so, we need a little bidding more then. Is what yeah, we need, we, need to, we need to add to our uh, – our, uh, we're going to spread out some different categories from sponsorships, yeah. But yeah, even absolutely. Even an official taste tester, we're down. Uh, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're here talking. we are on the Believe Network. So Here we are on the Believe Network. Takes us, right? Thanks to Toothman yeah. Ford and, uh, and to GoMart for, for helping us here with, with the first episode. Uh, and a plug here as we get out of here. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Video element on YouTube if you want to see my 15-year-old face and Owen's beautiful beard that he might shave off and auction off to somebody this season as it goes along. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to make some bets there. Um, we're also all your social media networks. In the Gun Podcast is where you find us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. 
And, uh, and yeah, as Jed and, and Owen have stated, uh, we're just getting started here, and I got a feeling this is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, Wes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a warning here before I'll toss back to you to take us out entirely, and that is sponsors out there who do hear from us, if you hear from Owen and you are a beer distributor and he's offering trade instead of asking for cash, uh, that's a false offer. We're, uh, we're not going to accept that because something tells me he's going to try and do that just to get some freebies, all right? So, yeah, we, we need some money Shots for that, fired. right? Shots <laughs> fired. Ahead, Shots fired. Come on, brother. I'll yeah, at least send you a 12-pack. The first of many, yeah. Gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. Looking forward to episode number two. You guys know where to find us now, where to get involved, all those different things. Uh, thanks to, to Mountaineer Nation for tuning into this first episode. And we'll be back in the gun uh, very soon here. For Jed Jenning, Owen Schmidt, I'm Wesley Euler. Thanks for checking out this inaugural episode of ITG. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.